When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everybody, it is Corey Poirier and back with the latest in our ongoing really interview series. I'm super stoked uh, to be coming here live. Uh, it's an unannounced live, so uh, I'm excited to be here unannounced and you know some of the times we plan these well in advance. Uh, today I'm excited that we just are kind of jumping in and at the same time, um, you know, of course you'll be able to watch us in the replay. Uh, you might even be listening to this on the podcast. Uh, you might be watching us right now in real time on wherever we're at, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, Facebook. I think actually I mentioned LinkedIn. It might be, you might be watching a recording on LinkedIn. Uh, so having said all that, I am here with a fantastic guest that I'm super excited to introduce to uh, my world. And so Tyson Sharp, really excited to have you here today, Tyson. I know we're going to talk about other things, but of course, I know uh, that you are the creator of The Serving Circle, which I am super stoked to talk about. Uh, but Tyson, what I always do in every one of my interviews, uh, it's you know a little bit different than most. I don't read a bio out. Uh, so typically, I'll get the guests to tell us a little bit about themselves because it takes such a conversational style approach and then we'll dive in a bit deeper anyway. But Tyson, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are before we dive in deeper? Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, uh, I'm the creator of the serving circle, which is a incredible community of spiritual business owners and entrepreneurs. And, and it really gives them the space to just heighten, heighten consciousness and elevate level of consciousness of the planet by business success. I think the more, spiritual entrepreneurs have a a thriving business they're able to give their gifts out into the world and do what the do what's necessary and and allow the uh just allow the 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 special gifts they have um to thrive and to help and to can to um really connect and contribute the way they can uh for me personally i love helping people integrate their spirituality and their business strategy i really do think it takes both it takes both the tactics, tools, and strategies of, of doing what works, as well as the energetics of the inner healing, the, uh, you know, the, all of the inner, inner work that goes along the way. Um, so that's really my passion. It's my, it's my purpose and my journey. And I'm just following what feels most exciting for me and all the areas of topic of, of spirituality and business intertwined is really where I find my zone of genius. Wow. So I love that. And you've given me already so many directions I could go from there. 
and even some things I'd like to unpack. But as far as directions, Tyson, I mentioned this to you off air that I want to go here. So as you know, uh, I have the Blue Talks brand that likes yourself. I, I just feel honored to be a part of that community and to watch what's happening with it. Like your community as well, we're trying to change the world one person at a time uh, and impact the world in a positive way one person at a time. But one of the th things that I've discovered over the years, and we have a lot of healers in our network, and one of the things I discovered over the years is there's kind of two places that healers sort of fall. Some healers, uh, you know, they naturally just gravitate to business and, you know, they're, they're maybe booking like back-to-back -back clients and, or maybe even they've decided to set up a shop where they're only, you know, showing up whenever they need to and not even on site. And they're building a business that way. And then I've worked with other healers where it's a struggle every day for how do I charge for Are we back? I think so. <laughs> okay. I I warned every everybody. I told Tyson we may freeze up, and uh, I guess I maybe I what are the, uh, a self fulfilling prophecy. I might have willed it on us, uh, but I switched networks, so fingers crossed. And so Tyson, where I was at is uh, yeah, I just mentioned that I've worked with healers and spoken with healers over the years where it's a struggle because they feel like somebody says I can't afford it, and it's like well. I don't want to leave them not healed. So I got to just gift it to them. And so it's a struggle to run a business that way. So that's kind of covering two gamuts, but let's maybe start there. And I'm sure you run into that situation as well. How do you normally start helping people with that whole challenge of how do I charge for the service? How do I charge for healing and all that kind of stuff? Totally. Well, one thing that we all know is that we're being called to something more. So our spirit, our soul, is guiding us to basically take our power back in, in our deeper levels of healing, our deeper levels of growth, our deeper levels of love unconditionally, and our deeper levels of, of contribution. And we all feel this, this inner guidance, this pull, this, you know, this, this wisdom that says, okay, I'm, I'm being called for more. Now, what I found is that on that journey, of course, we are also guided to the sides of us that need to be healed along that way, along that, along that journey in order for us to execute on that path. So what I find is that all the spiritual entrepreneurs, healers, uh, you know, people who are in the, the spiritual community, when they're growing their business, they're really faced with the inner patterns that they need to heal in order to, go on that path in order to contribute on that journey. And a lot of that comes down to getting out there and being visible. And a lot of it comes to being energetically attached to money. So many people have the belief, the story, whether you call it your karmic wounds, whether you call it your inner five-year-old in this shadow, this shadow work, it really highlights 
where you're giving your power away, where your energy is going. So if you have all of this energy coming through in terms of your life force and your soul, your spirit, you can feel intuitively a lot of that energy going towards money, saying, I need to make money to feel safe. I need to succeed to feel enough. I need to be more visible so that I can feel uh, loved. Like all of these stories, all of these patterns, that's where our energy is going. And so the entrepreneurial journey, I believe, is the most healing uh, journey you can be on because it allows you to confront your fears, your attachments, where you're in resistance and where, and your judgments. And so this, when, when healers are really in a space of struggling with their business and getting out there and being visible or in charging what they want to charge and charging their worth, whatever it may be, it really is a question of what in me am I being called to see and to heal so that I can go on this journey of, of growth? And so you can ask yourself that question and say, are there fears around my success? Are there fears around failure? Where am I attached to certain outcomes and results? Where are my judgments, whether it be towards other people or circumstances, or events, whatever? And where am I in resistance? Where am I in resistance of uh, my mind just thinks life should be different, All right? That's what I call the fear jar. The fear jar is the acronym for where are your fears and the acronym of jar for judgments, attachments, and resistance. And that's really what you can look within and say, okay, what patterns am I here to heal while I go on this business journey? I love it. Well, and I've never heard of that before, the fear jar. I, uh, I love that. I just made a note of that because that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that. And so uh, I guess then do you find that is, is it ever a time that in your discovery, is it ever a time where it's also outside of the business altogether, but it's also uh, maybe they were taught that if, in whatever way, maybe they had a parent as a healer, but they were taught that this is something that uh, you're not supposed to charge for. And mm -hmm. so even when they charge the bare minimum just to get by, it's a struggle because they've been conditioned to believe that this is something you're not supposed to put a price tag on. Definitely. I think you can ask yourself this question of what would my decisions be if I completely felt empowered? If I had, if I had complete empowerment, what would my decisions be? And people can genuinely feel when I charge a smaller amount or I'm bartering or I'm giving away free sessions. You, a lot of people can feel they're doing that from a pattern. They're doing it from a pattern of, no, this is just what I need to do to, to, you know, get the exposure or this is just what I need to, because it's a gift that I'm here to give people and whatever. And when you feel intuitively, do I feel completely empowered in this decision? Generally, the answer is no, right? Generally, people feel more and more empowered when they imagine charging their worth, standing in their, standing on their two feet and saying, this is what it's, this is what it's worth. This is what, I, this is what feels most expansive and, and energetically aligned for me. And this is really what, um, what the world needs, right? The world it, it, it is in the client's benefit for them to invest in themselves and invest in their healing, right? So... It, it, it can be different for everyone where maybe it can be in their expansion and in their complete empowerment to give it away for free. 
maybe someone's on that journey. I'm not sure. Um, it, but people can really tune in and ask themselves, okay, what feels in my highest? What feels in my expansion? And if I was in complete empowerment, would I be making this decision? And what many will find is that maybe I am making this decision from a place of fear, from a place of I need to be safe. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to be judged, right? And and that's really where you can start to tune into, okay, there's some things here inside me that I need to look at. Yeah, I, I really dig that because we have a thing in our house. It's um, one of those chalkboards. My girlfriend turned like a picture into a chalkboard and she wrote some stuff on it that we see most days. And I don't remember who the quotes, who the quote, is so whose quote it is that we kind of where we got it or what have you but the quote on the chalkboard the biggest writing on it is what would somebody who loves themselves do Mm -hmm. and it's a question to ask yourself when you're making a decision so much like what you just mentioned i mean that you know it's it's like asking yourself what would i do so what would i do if i was fully empowered you know i feel like and i mean you could look at it like for example somebody's thinking about should i be smoking or not well they could ask themselves what would somebody who loves themselves do now that's not me making a judgment on somebody who's smoke smoking because i smoked for years and quit but it's really asking yourself is that how you would treat your body if you know xyz or dot 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 and again it's not a judgment i mean it's up to each person to decide if that's what they would do but mm-hmm. like you said i like it because it gets you thinking along the lines of is this for my better and higher purpose, the way I'm do- treating this. And I'll tell you what got me asked in the question of, you know, is it possible that it's just they've been conditioned to think you're not supposed to charge for this? It's, you know, I, I often think along the lines of doctors, you know, medical doctors who went through and got their degree and all those years of university. If every person that walked through the door, they had to say, this is how much it costs before you walk in. I don't necessarily think all doctors would find that too easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's a whole infrastructure so that the doctors are paid a different way than that. But they don't have like like a healer or a naturopathic doctor has to tell you, here's my pricing every time you set up an appointment or whenever you come and get service. Whereas a medical doctor doesn't have to do that. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. they have a different pace set up so that they're not ever having to say that. And I feel like they get to feel like I'm not even though they know they're charging overall and they're making an income from doing it. They're not having to actually say to you, here's how much I'm charging. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it depends on where the medical care is and how the system's set up as far as that. But yeah, I just often think about that. Like healers have to ask every time, you know, here's what this costs for the service. So I, I just want to get your take on that. So I guess um, if we circle around to the the serving circle, and I, I know you talked Tyson off the top a little bit about it, but can you give us a feel for the type of people that join you in there and in the circle and who it's for? I mean, there may be people listening now or on the replay uh, who are maybe a perfect fit for the serving circle. And so I'd love to give people a feel for what you guys do and who is a fit and who seems to really thrive in there. Yeah. So it's really the energy of the group. If I ask any, any of the serving circle members and I ask them a lot, I'm like, what's the best, what's the best benefit? What's the, uh, what's the biggest takeaway or what do you, what do you like most about the group? They always say the energy. And I think that's really, I think that's really key for a couple of reasons. One, we always know in business, business is a, it's a, it's a team game. To succeed, it is a team game, and and and, it, and so in order to have a community um, around you for your support is really really important. Number two is that because the energy is there, I believe it's there because everyone in the community knows that we're connected. Everyone in the community knows that we come from a place of wholeness. We come from a place of unity consciousness. 
And therefore, when we meet on our collaborative calls each week, we all join and yes, we share our businesses and we share how we're looking to collaborate and who we can send each other's way. But the vast, the vast majority of the energy comes from everyone asking me the question, how may I serve you? And so when you're asking the question, you're hearing all these businesses, we'll have, you know, 30, 35 people each week join on the Zoom calls and you get to share your business. Then everyone asks, how can I serve this person from a place of non-attachment? How can I serve you without attachment or assumption as to what will happen next? And I think that's such a soul enriching question for you to realign to be in a place of service. And I think that energy does more for growing your business than anything else. Because if you are truly aligned and you're starting to serve without expectation, then you're you're placing that soul and that spirit more than your patterns of ego or safety or significance and all these different things, right? So that's where I find uh, people thrive the most is if they're a spiritual entrepreneur who really wants to build their business in a way that's aligned with who and what they are. And this just gives them opportunities to do that, whether it's through collaborative calls, whether it's through some coaching events, versus through all the events that we run so people can people can meet and learn more about marketing, business, and all these different things um, and just do it in a way that feels most aligned. Yeah, I, well, and I have to just echo that as somebody who's newer to the serving circle that I've talked to various community members in the last maybe two weeks. And yeah, nobody has said, outright said to me, um, well, let me tell you about my business and uh, and how I could offer you a product or a service, or you know, uh, well, let's just talk about it right away. Is uh, you know, is this something you're looking for? Like nobody's kind of came at me, and and I don't feel I went you know in that way where it's like turning into a sales call. And mm-hmm. I was um, there's another group I'm a part of, same thing. Whenever they went around uh, in a breakout room, they asked people, "Why do you like this group?" And they said because everybody just seems to be here just to serve and help each other. And, you know, so that's two groups I've seen that in the last two weeks. And with the other one, because I was on an actual group call and heard it, they actually cited as one of the best reasons to be a part of the group because they commented how many other groups they are in where the whole, whole thing is a sales fest. You know, it's like everybody's trying mm-hmm. to sell each other every minute. Like they're all thinking, how can I sell this person on my product? And so I, I feel like you're right. I mean, obviously there's, you know, there's a point where, you know, you built this relationship with somebody and you realize they have a need for what you're doing. But I mean, usually in a lot of these areas, it happens on the first call. You know, somebody's already trying to sell you right away in the first five minutes. And so I, I feel like you're right. If you come from a perspective of no expectations and let's just serve or build a relationship with this person, then Tyson, I feel like that in the bigger picture is probably going to pay more dividends, whatever those dividends are, you know, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a collaboration, whatever that is, then if you go into it right away saying, what can I get out of this today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially because I find, I mean, that level of consciousness probably served many, many people. Um, But I think what matters more now than any tactic, tool and strategy is your intent because some if you have some if you have some tools some tactics some strategies in terms of your energy your energy can come from a place of scarcity and a place of fear and people feel that people feel that when you're on a when you're on a sales call and you know you're not necessarily sure if this person is the right fit but you're just trying to sell in order to feel more safe with the income or you're just trying to sell so you can feel more significance with the growth of your business or you're trying to prove a point or 
you're worried about judgments of, of people. Like people feel that intent now. They feel that energy. And so when you come from more and more of a place of unity consciousness and saying, I'm here to serve the world and I'm here to do it in a way that's aligned, you can build the tactics, tools, and strategies that are really important in business on top of that intent. So you can still get your messaging right. You can still, you know, your communication. You can still learn some marketing um, marketing strategies. But go through the filter of your of your love, of your excitement, of your expansion, rather than from a place of uh, of fear and scarcity and lack. And I think people people now more than ever can feel that energy difference. So this is a, that's a good segue to the next area I wanted to talk about, which is marketing for heart-based, especially entrepreneurs, because mm-hmm. I feel like it, it probably often looks different. Uh, for example, uh, somebody who creates funnels every day and, you know, they're, they're like, for example, if I think of Russell Brunson with ClickFunnels, I'm sure his approach in marketing looks dramatically different from maybe somebody who's a healer or a heart-based entrepreneur. And of course, you know, I'm not saying Russell's not heart-based, but I'm saying yeah. like, it's a very much a numbers business a numbers game uh, versus, um, you know, a healer, how they might approach marketing. So what do you usually recommend to somebody when it comes to marketing in terms of how can they approach it? If they're, let's say a healer or somebody that's maybe not even comfortable with marketing, where would you work with them? How would that look? And how do you recommend that they get started? Yeah, definitely with the the energy piece. So the energy is is always coming from a place of your your spiritual growth, your spiritual evolution. Um, that's the number one, because your your excitement, your 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 soul will give you the will give you what's in your expansion, and so always following that highest excitement is really, really important because we obviously want to have certain areas of our business. We want to have more leads coming in. We want to nurture those leads and we want to have a certain percentage become clients of ours. Now we want to be aligned and we want to be aligned and excited by all parts of that process. So from from my point of view, when I'm when someone's doing a lot of that work, we set up those systems in place and we start healing whatever the hell comes up. All the fears, the doubts, the confusion, the frustration, everything like that, we start to heal and, uh, and you, start to, um, you start to come from more and more of a place of, of wholeness. And then you can start asking yourself the question of what would feel most exciting for me, even if it doesn't logistically make sense or your mind doesn't know what's going to happen next, what would feel goddamn exciting about spreading this message, even if no one else has done it, even if it, even if uh, you know it's completely different, unique, and special. What is a way that feels aligned and exciting for you to consistently meet new people, consistently introduce new people to your work? And once again, you can ask yourself the question: Once they're in your network, once they're in your, uh, you know, in your tribe. What is some some things that are exciting, expansive, fun, playful, passionate for you where you would be, where it would turn you on to, to really nurture that audience? And then once again, for the, for the end piece, what would feel aligned for you to offer a, pro, a, a product, a service, a, you know, if you're doing a particular launch, particular uh, messaging sequence, what would feel exciting and aligned for you? Then you can start to, uh, do your market research and really think of it from the client's perspective. 
and really think about what do they need? What is it? What what would be in their highest? How can I get this message so clear, concise, and specialized, where you niche down and they know it's exactly for them? So therefore, you're working on your communication in all parts. You're working on your communication in a way that uh, makes sense to them, and you're doing it. You're doing it in a way where every single piece of that process um, is aligned for them. It's aligned for you, and therefore it just. To, and therefore business feels fun it feels expansive it feels aligned and it feels just it 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 feels like part of your spiritual journey if that makes sense it does and let me ask you this then tyson how um how much when you're looking at different people that are in your network people that you've worked with how much a part is video playing now like is are you finding that and again, I'll say heart-based entrepreneurs or healers or uh, healing entrepreneurs, whatever term we want to put on it. Are, do you find that there's a lot more video happening? Like, are they doing Facebook lives often? Are they doing a lot of that stuff? And and if so, are they seeing some traction from that? Just again, based on what you're seeing and what you're hearing from clients? Yeah, I think with when it comes to the question of do I do posts or do videos, do I do memes, do I do all this sort of stuff? Um, for me, it's more of a question of your communication and your messaging rather than the rather than the format. Because mm-hmm. what's in your zone of genius? People may love blogging and writing and doing these and or just doing audio or they lo- love video, right? And so what's in what's exciting for them will differ. But what matters more than that is the messaging, is the communication piece. It's are you communicating a message where the your ideal clients or your audience is like oh my god that's for me like, that's exactly what i want what i need especially when it comes to healers and people in the spiritual realm they they can vary they can go down the path of communicating in a way that makes sense to them but it doesn't necessarily make sense to their audience they can use vague terms they can um be very broad be very nebulous in their communication and i find it's it's it it's such a tough ask to stand out when you're doing that. It's such a tough ask in the form of um, getting above the noise when so many people are now building an online business, building online platforms, getting a presence on LinkedIn, social media of, of all kinds. You know, in order for you to work on your communication and your messaging, pay so many more, so much more dividends than deciding should it be on video or should it be a post. Right? Should I do short graphics or should I do a podcast? To me, um, that communication piece is is, uh, is the foundation. And then whatever feels exciting for you, whatever feels aligned and fun, that's when you can build it upon. And so, Tyson, I have one more, I guess we'll call it official question. And then I want to ask you, as we bring things to a close, just how people can learn more about the Serving Circle and your work and anything else you want to share. But the last question I had, and it's just further down the same rabbit hole that we just went down, but when you talk about getting your message dialed in, and, and I feel like this question is for healers, but because you focus uh, on heart-based entrepreneurs and healers, I'll go there. But also, I think this message can really apply to anybody. And mm-hmm. so how important is it when you talked about the messaging is more important than, let's say, the platform? I was going to say the messenger, but the platform, because uh, you're still the messenger if you're sharing the message. But the messaging is so crucial. But how important is it for you to be... I'm going to call it laser dialed in to what your avatar is. 
when you're creating that message. And, and for people, maybe somebody's listening that I don't want to get too technical either. I don't want to go over somebody's head because avatar is definitely a term we talk about in the sales side or in the networks. I mean, the marketing side, but not everybody uses those terms, but just your target market. Like how important is it that, you know, this is the person that's a good fit for me to be able to share a message that makes them go. Tyler's my Tyson's my guy. Jimmy's mm -hmm. my guy. John's my guy, what have you. But how important is it for us to get laser focused around who that person is that typically would buy from us? Yeah, uh, it's, it's super important. And I know there's so much fear in this. Everyone's like, oh my God, if I niche down here, I'm going to miss out on all the other people and whatever it may be. Here's my, here's my debate. If you're, if you're uh, struggling to gain consistent uh, momentum and consistent clients, consistent engagement, and you're scared to niche down, you're basically scared to miss out on the people you're not getting anyway. <laughs> so there's really no harm in testing out a specific message. And here's the key components. Anyone who studied marketing will, will know this, but if you can get specific on a couple things, some options may be the very specific person. It may be the very specific problem. It can be the very specific outcome, right? Outcome transformation that you help people get. It can be very specific vehicle on how you get them from A to B, or it can just be specific in terms of you. What's your unique background experience? You know, what makes you unique as well? So there's the, there's the person you're focusing on. There's the problem. There's the outcome. There's the vehicle that helps people get from A to B. And there's the specific you, why specifically you above anyone else, your experience, your expertise, or whatever it may be. If you can get really honed in on at least at least two or three of those five, you'll stand out. And, and you'll stand out in a way where people will say, oh, that's why I need to choose, th choose this person instead of that person. And, it, and you'll start to go more specific and more, more niche, more, uh, more dialed in to someone's own experience. And when you can, the thing that triggers a lot of people, uh, so that's why I really want to say it, is that, <laughs> is that when, you are, when you're building a business, you need it to, to find some success. You really need to see yourself as a marketer before a healer. That triggered me when I heard that. You're a marketer before you're a coach. And I'm like, no way, that's me. That's my identity. And I'm like, but hang on a sec. If I'm not marketing in a way that gets that gets clients or that builds an audience or that you know has people follow my stuff, then I'm not coaching anyone. And so I must be able to master marketing communication and have and, and the effectiveness of that if I'm to serve the way I really want to serve. And so I fell in love with with communication, messaging, marketing in a way that felt so aligned where I'm like, this is me helping. Marketing is helping. Marketing is serving. Marketing is helping me be heart to heart with my clients and my audience in a way that no one else is. And if you can see marketing and, and your effectiveness and communication in that way, your relationship with it will start to change. Amazing. And when you talked about the idea of people being worried that when they niche down or niche down too much, that they're going to not have enough business, enough clients, what have you. It always makes me think of this example, uh, Seth Godin. I remember, and I don't even remember where I read it. It was one of his books, I believe, or I may have heard it on his podcast, but he shared this story about this uh, cruise line. 
And they noticed that uh, they basically had people were saying like, so they surveyed clients and they noticed an answer that came out a few times and they're like, nobody's doing that. And the answer or the question was, you know, what is the one thing you wish that we could do in a cruise line? Like, what's the thing you're missing? And the answer kept coming out. Well, I wish when I go to these places that you're dropping us off at for a few days, I wish I could just drive off the boat of my Harley and drive around this place. And so this one cruise line decided to dedicate their whole focus to Harley drivers. And the only way you could go on the boat is if you owned a Harley and you took it on the boat. And you can probably see where I'm going with this, Tyson. The end result is this cruise line ended up being booked up like it was something like I think it was like four seasons ahead. Then they had to add a second, you know, second shift because of it. Meanwhile, other cruise lines are like, oh, business is down. What are we going to do? You know, and yet they're serving everybody, but they're competing with everybody. And this Harley cruise line is competing with nobody. And of course, when you're the first in, then everybody knows you're the one that does it. So to your point, you stand out, you're unique, and then everybody goes, well, that's the one to go with. And if you can get enough of a head start before somebody starts copying you, you're always going to be the original. But my point is, think of how specific a niche that is. A cruise line that only serves people that own Harleys, and yet they couldn't keep up with the business. It's a random example, but to me, it demonstrates the fact that you can never go too niche. So I, I love that you said. That. I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to worry about running out of business. Uh, I think it's quite the opposite. Is that uh, you may even have the challenge of having too many clients because if you're doing something nobody else does and there's a big desire or need for it, then uh, people will probably be knocking down your door. So I love yeah. that you share that, Tyson. I love. I mean, you've given so many things today, like strategies, like around those five. If you can get at least two or three of them right. Uh, then you're probably going to stand out above the crowd. You know why people struggle with marketing and, and asking for money, but also the fact that marketing is really serving. Uh, it makes me think of Zig Ziglar had this great, I'll paraphrase it, but great idea that he said that um, he realized with his books, if he didn't tell people about his books from the stage and his books had a solution to a problem you had, he was actually doing a disservice by not telling you about the books. And he had a moral obligation Think about that, how strong this moral obligation to tell you about his books. And so at first he thought, well, they'll just find my books and what have you. But once he started, he did surveys uh, and looked at their testimonial results. And they found that most of the people that said I had a life change and transformation with you was from his books. They went to see him at a talk and it got them motivated, but it was the book that transformed his life. So he realized he had a moral obligation to tell you about his book. And, and I think it goes back to what you're saying, Tyson, is we're doing people a service when we when we market and let them know we exist and know this great service exists because uh, you're serving and supporting them that way. So I love that you have this take on it, especially somebody in the serving circle, that you have a take on the fact that, yes, you want to be serving, but also you still, you still want to be running a business so that you can keep serving and you can sustain that business. And so, Tyson, as we sort of bring things to a close, anything else you want to add on that, feel free. But I wanted to ask you the last but maybe most important question, which is how can people learn more about the work you're doing, the serving circle, you? Like, is there a hub you would send them to? Is there a place you would send them? Where would you recommend people check out or head to? Yeah, so they can uh, they can head to the, the serving circle um, that's on Facebook and they can join there. One thing that uh, I'll, I'll recommend when they join is they get access to a, a complimentary course that I have, which allows them to create the internal shifts necessary to create a, system, a consistent flow of clients. So rather than trying to build your business in a way where you avoid feeling the uncomfortable emotions, 
So many people are trying to do their goals, their marketing, their business strategy, so they don't feel fear or doubt or uncertainty or whatever it may be. Uh, if you're brave enough is to go through, is to go through this, uh, this program, this course, it's a complete course in and of itself. And it allows you to identify what internal patterns they may be and to create the shift, to create the inner healing necessary so that you can implement your, you know, your business, your business strategy in a way that is aligned in a way that's healed so that you can welcome in that result of, uh, of the consistent flow of clients. So anyone can find the serving circle if you search it on, um, on Facebook and yeah, I can't wait to introduce you to the community. I love it. Well, Tyson, I, of course, I'll recommend uh, people head over to the Serving Circle on Facebook, but I'll also make sure uh, that I put it in the comments as well. And uh, and I'll even do the same on our podcast. If you're listening on the podcast, I'll have the link there for you to make it nice and easy. Uh, but you know, if you're if you're watching right now and can't wait, you can, as Tyson said, you can go and check out the Serving Circle and. Uh, on your own, or if you're listening to this and you're not somewhere where you can check it out right away, just remember the name, the Serving Circle, and uh, and you can find it on Facebook. So, Tyson Sharp, this has been an absolute pleasure. I thank you, I salute you, honor you, and appreciate you. And I'll call it uh, to be continued with your permission. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thanks for inviting me, Corey. It's been uh, been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for everything you're doing, and I uh, look forward to seeing where we can take it. Amazing stuff. Well, thank you everybody for checking in again. It was impromptu. So I appreciate you jumping on and joining us. And, uh, and I know people will be watching this in the replay. So uh, let me know how I can serve. Or if you want to reach out to Tyson, let me know and I can make the connection for you. Uh, otherwise, everybody have a magical evening. And until next time, to be continued all around. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.